The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Welcome to 2021. We made it. No my Haremaiki dietary requirements, the Spinos Food Podcast. Each month we get together to talk about the cultural, social, and political role of food in Aotearoa and break bread with some of the buzziest people in the local scene. I'm your host, Simon Day, and I'm joined by my favorite foodie, Sophie Gilmore. Kia ora, Soph. Hi, Sai. Did you get to eat any crayfish over summer? Yes. See, I, I find it's the only time I get to, and it's so, so good. Oh my God, I can't wait to talk about white bait too. I feel like it's really funny. A lot of people I know are getting gout. Oh my God, <laughs> I saw. Did you see Alicia Key's husband, who's like a legend? I follow him on Instagram, but he's like, the gout life is not for me. And he's like, no more seafood, no more lobster. No more. It's like, you know, it's like the rich man's disease, and it's a photo of him like lying in a bathtub. So good. I feel like because there's no overseas travel, everyone's going real hard on the decadent lifestyle at home. Yeah. And there's a lot of sore toes out there. A lot of people getting that gout in the foot. It's such a funny disease. This podcast and all our food coverage would not be possible without the support of our wonderful sponsor, Freedom Farms. They believe everyone who eats meat has a responsibility to know how the animal has been farmed. Their pork, bacon, and free-range eggs are fucking delicious, and we wouldn't be here without them, so please buy all their goods. Today I'm really excited because we're joined by Hugo Beard, one of the most exciting young operators in the Auckland hospitality game and the man behind some of my favourite spots for a really long time. Hugo opened his first cafe, Crumb, when he was just 24, and he now owns and runs Honeybones Cafe and neighbouring Lillian Osteria and Wine Bar with his business partners Willie Greeson and chef Otis Gardner Shapiro, both in Greylin. And at the end of November, of all times at the end of a pandemic year, he opened a new joint, Hotel Ponsonby, in the iconic Ponsonby Post Office building. Thank you for joining us, Hugo. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. 2020 must have been a... We know 2020 was a real hectic year for anyone in hospitality. Had you had plans to open Hotel Ponsonby before COVID-19 arrived? Like, why this year of all years to open a new joint? Uh, last year? Yeah, I did. I actually, um, I've always wanted to do a pub. And um, I got reminded of that quite frequently from, from mates when I did take the lease uh, at Hotel Ponsonby. A lot of my friends were saying, oh, you've always wanted to do a pub. When did you yeah, take the yeah. lease? Uh, it was in it was in August. I think it was. I, I think I started looking at it between uh, lockdowns. Mm. Lockdown one, lockdown two. I so. remember um, Polly talking to me about it in between lockdowns, and then next I heard you guys. So I was like, yes. Yeah. So I, I I mean, in terms of did I have plans to do it before twenty twenty? I, I I actually had it as a goal in twenty twenty, and I suppose I wasn't actively looking by the time we got round to um, you know after. COVID hit, lockdown one, that's definitely not what I was, uh, you know, I wasn't actively searching for leases or anything like that. But um, Polly, who's a mate of mine, was uh, marketing the building and she actually showed through another friend of mine who was looking at it for a temporary office space. And he said, oh shit, have you showed this to Hugo? 
Um, so she gave me a call and I went through and I was like, Oof. Mm, it's nice. <laughs> like I knew the Such history of the building. Space, so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's amazing. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't actually go to um, Augustus, it, like either of the incarnations. I actually only or, went once. Like, and I, I get out quite a bit, but um, I just say it's probably not my sort of style of dining. Um, and obviously nothing against them. I think, uh, you know, plenty of people did enjoy the spaces. Uh, but that's probably, I mean, like tablecloth and fine dining is probably not the end of the spectrum, which I'm looking for if I'm dining out. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I went through and I guess it was probably just too much of an opportunity to pass up. It is one of those spaces that has, you know, a reputation of being, you know, like got, being sort of recycled through different things over mm. and over again. Did that make you nervous? Like there are these cursed spaces. Cursed yeah, cursed spots, spots around um, around the country, or I think I'd, I'd guess around the world. That like no matter how good the idea, they seem to never pop off. Yeah, I mean, was like, that I definitely like I'm, I was aware of of the history. Um, you know, I've grown up in, in the area of Greyland my whole life, so I know the building like well. I know the area super well. Um, at the moment, my roots were in Greyland, and I, I love Greyland. But I, there was always a part of me that wanted to do something up in Ponsonby. Um, and I suppose the feedback with that spot was that um, it was down the wrong end of the road, or um, yeah, was... I would say having been there as a pub now, it makes so much more sense. It feels as though that's how the building operates best. Because as a restaurant, it was you know there's like so many different spaces. It never kind of felt like it had uniformity or like a flow. Yeah. So you'd have to like fill up that middle bit and then fill up outside and then inside would kind of feel a bit dull and you'd be like walking through it to go to the loo. Yeah. And yeah, I mean like now having operated in it, I can see how it would have been a very difficult restaurant to run because, um, mm. you know, if you're offering table service and, and you're you not full. You can't see anything. There's a lot of labour on the floor and you can't see anything. So you, you do kind of have to have a person in each of those sections, if you will, of I imagine what they would have had mm. if they were a restaurant. It would be difficult to, on a quiet night, send home people and try and run a skeleton crew. So I can see in that sense how it would have been a difficult uh, space to run as yeah. a restaurant. So and what it's makes massive it... as well. I mean, it doesn't, when I first it's walked huge. through, you know, it's, like, oh, it's not huge, but, um, you know, now it, it does feel big now. In now terms that of you've like put the seating around the edge of the room and that second bit when you walk in, it feels like it's enormous. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to be honest, that space kind of suited what I was trying to do in a pub as well because uh, it was kind of split into three different areas and what I wanted to do was have sort of different vibes for mm. different people in different crowds where, you know, anyone who came in could find their spot and feel comfortable in it. That's something I'm really interested in. Like, what is a pub to you in your mind? Like, what is the difference between a, a restaurant and, and, a, and a pub and why does it work for that space? Uh, well, I think a pub is somewhere where you go to probably drink first, perhaps, or that you know that's yeah. you, you go there, you know that you can get a table, um, you know that you can get a table large enough to fit a big group of you. Because you, if you go to a pub, you might go with one or two people, and then you get in touch with a few other mates, or you see someone else there. You know, like, I like the idea that you walk in and see a crowd of people you know, so you can roll up on your own and. Yeah. And, and find a group of people and slot in with them or you can sit and have a quiet beer in the corner by yourself if that's what you're after. Um, but I think... Yeah, like it's a drinking me, spot, I, for sure. I, I mean, I, when I, my first job in Hospo was actually in a pub in Sydney. I was going to say, can mm. we just talk about what your inspiration has come from? Because for me, it's like I lived in Bondi for a summer and my sister lived in Sydney, so I used to go there a lot. And, mm. like, I loved how Australians embrace the pub. Like, they love a bloody Sunday session more than anyone and there's just not a place for it there hasn't been in the way that we eat and drink like we go to bars like mm. and then or you go like you know Greyland RSA is probably the closest thing that we've got but people would tend to go to a restaurant and then go to a bar it's like the whole genre has been kind of missed out yeah yeah I think the the Kiwi idea of a pub is quite different to yeah. what Aussies or, or you know what they have in the UK where do you work in Sydney I was at the Stain in Manly on oh, the waterfront, yeah. so I worked in the um, actually the TAB bar yeah. there for a couple of years, but I loved it. Classic. Just got to watch sport, and um, the thing I, I liked about the pubs in, in Aussie was that um, that you'd have you know people my own age, let's say in their twenties, um, and they'd be at the bar with their mates, and then one of their 
old man's walks up and you know that's normal that you're in the same yeah. establishment as your parents yeah and you join you join tables you catch up it's quite nice in this day and age where you know sometimes you're growing up knowing your your mate's parents but once you move out of home you don't often catch up very much so you know having having a, an establishment where like everyone feels welcome and it's it's sort of normal for any age yeah. to be there swashies has got a little bit of that vibe doesn't it yeah yeah it does there are certainly places that do in auckland but i think um yeah, for the most part, it's almost like that bar's cool for young people, that bar's where all the uh, 40-year-old real estate agents go or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Each totally. bar's got a different vibe and you kind of just stick to your scene. Yeah. So it's kind of wanting to bring everyone together and, and have a place where, you know, it's sort of nice enough for the location, for, for the locals, and but it's still... Are the boomers embracing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting a, we're getting an awesome crowd through, eh? I think, like, always... I found with, with, we found it with Lillian and it kind of found it in the first week or so of Hotel Ponsonby as sort of the, the older generations will come through and be like, oh, this is, this is a cool place for young people. But, um, you know, we're, we're pretty um, quick to sort of get around them and make sure they're feeling comfortable and yeah. saying, no, 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 this is sort of your spot. It's for you too. Yeah. So. yeah. I think that we've done so well with everything um, you've opened is, is provide a place for community. Like you serve your locals really well, and they're both des- destinations where people are really eager to come and try it out. But the first uh, commitment is to the people who are nearby mm. and creating a place for everyone to gravitate to. And I think it's so important for the viability to start with. Like if if the people around you want to come all the time, you know, you create that backbone financially, and then. Uh, you can bring in people from elsewhere, but providing a space for community to um, meet each other is such a valuable asset. Yeah, I think I got that from from Crumb probably. Mm. Um, obviously, it's like on a back road in yeah. Berlin, um, so we knew that we were sort of relying. Well, we you know we when I took the space, I was pretty young and fresh and had no idea about running a business, but you know pretty quickly we realised that uh, you know it was great corner site building yeah beautiful on yeah. the corner beanbags out front but you know the 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 only people that were probably coming there monday to friday were people living within a stone's throw or you know in the neighborhood so such a treat when you live somewhere and there's great coffee or you know there's a local just across the road or something it's uh, we've just bought a new house and i was thinking about it i was like what are we going to do? Because we literally, like, I'll be in the middle of cooking something and I'm like, we need lemons, just shoot up there. Like, we need, you know, coffee. Where, where, uh, where have you bought? Uh, and Onawa Road. It's like the first exit off the so bridge. So Sophie's oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. local now is uh, the engine room. Just popped down Which three is, nights a week. Oh, you've got a couple of good spots around there. Yeah, totally. And the um, Stafford Street wine bar and the yeah. Northcote Tavern and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm talking more like somewhere to get your morning coffee. Like, we would, we don't have a coffee machine at home because we live, like, uh, in the Hermbay shops. There's a good cafe over there, is there not? Pretty close to the cinema? I mean, I haven't been, I but... I think yeah. so. We're a bit further up than that. I think I need to get acquainted with the Birkenhead shops. But I think that's something New Zealand has always done, is they've had their local cafe, but we haven't always had a local pub. Mm. Whereas in Sydney and in London, you have um, the place where you get your coffee and the place where you get your pint. And I think that's what Hotel Ponsonby does so beautifully is provide this place for that um, community to really gravitate to, and um, that's really exciting. Seeing having regulars, I think, um, yeah, is I mean, so uh, important to yeah, a business. Crucial, and all, and and all of our spots have got you know great regulars that are in. Yeah. So you know, with I think with obviously Honeybones a cafe, like you can get the same people coming in five times a week. I think. What you're saying before is like having your regulars as the backbone. Quite yeah. often with Honeybones, it's like we've got our Monday to Friday crowd, to yeah. all our regulars, and then they they do come in the weekend. But so you got some people like we don't even bother coming in the weekend. We yeah. just leave that up to the people coming from around town because yeah. we get absolutely rammed in the weekend, and it's generally th- sort of people coming to check it out from afar. Yeah, uh, which is amazing as well. But um, yeah, certainly like that Monday to Friday crowd, you do rely heavily, I suppose, when you're in the surrounding suburbs. Um, you do rely heavily on those locals, and we, yeah, we have the same with Lillian. With Lillian, we were always like, it would be nice if, you know, we set it at a, an achievable price point where you can come sort of once or twice a week. Um, yeah. So, I kind of thought like, what's I was thinking to myself, what's my favourite restaurant? And I was, yeah, so and so. And then, how many times a year do I go? I was like, probably twice. I was mm. like, that's quite random. 
Um, yeah. So it was trying to make it um, where you could come in and, and have, uh, you know, a pizza and a beer and leave, and it's sort of like 30, 35 bucks. Um, yeah. Or you could do, you know, the full-on dining experience, buy a couple of bottles of nice wine. and. Well, um, I've had people comment to me that Lillian's really affordable. I think I drink too much when I'm there. Like I do, we're like the kind of bill that always ends up, you know, it's like at least 50-50 booze and food, but, like, I think then you have a couple of cocktails after or you have a couple before you wait, and it's just like you spend so much more on booze. I, I, I mean, yeah, if you're on the cocktails, it's just a different story. I think yeah. it's yeah. A, um, a representation of you rather than the restaurant. Totally. I think the food's really affordable. That's what I mean. You're yeah, just, more, you're more often than not, we have people coming up, and if they're, if, particularly if they're splitting a bill um, between like a larger group, they're like, "Shit, is that all?" Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the whole vibe, really. You want to? I, I always like people to leave. You know, we, we said the same about Please Hotel Ponsonby when we're doing, you know, when we're doing the menu and doing the pricing. Um, you know, you want people to leave and go. You know, they walk out the door and they go, "Should have had an amazing time," but it end. It was, yeah. Don't feel like it broke the wallet or broke the bank. So. That's kind of the aim. Even with the hotel ponds to be our prices, problem. we've like gone quite low. You know, in terms of, you know, we research what other spots around the place were charging for things, and pretty much just tried to stick to it. Go lower. Is that like bar snacks or all of the food? Uh, it's, in terms, it's like everything really: drinks yeah. and food. I mean, yeah. we can only we, we are using like really good ingredients for yeah, the food, yeah. so it is hard to. You can only go. So but far. I still think if we went down the road, we'd be. Um, you know, possibly more affordable than the other pub nearby. Yeah, and I good. think that's what it does so well is, you know, you talk about going there to meet people for a drink and you might have three beers and you'll be like, oh, let's have some food. And it isn't about going getting a packet of crisps from the bar. It is you can have such beautiful food, whether it's just the bowl of fries or, you know, the fish and chips or, you know, some octopus. Like, it is it is fantastic food. That's the like thing that I pub. think separates the shitty pubs from the great pubs is that there's actually someone that really cares about the food. Like, in Australia, it's the perfect example. Like, you go to, like, you know, the Bondi Hotel or whatever, and then you order a pizza and it comes out and it's got, like, beautiful burrata on it and they've, like, they've, they're, they're taking the food seriously, and it's such a great surprise for the diner, I reckon, because they're just thinking they're going to get a drink. Or if the environment is a bit more lowbrow, and then the food comes out and it's casual, but it's really well thought out, it's like gives you like a buzz. Yeah, I think Aussies do pubs amazingly. Eh? Do you follow that one called Napier Quarter in Melbourne? Yeah, I love Napier Quarter. Oh fuck, it's good. Yeah, they yeah, posted yeah. this I've, delicious I've, thing I've, yesterday. I'm sure I, I went like, there when, mm. I, when I went to Melbourne. Not so long ago, we made sure we went there and we met the owners. And yeah, I went like the week before lockdown. Had a beer down lockdown. at the Builders Arms with um, one of them. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that, I love, I love that Arms. place. Eh? Just the simplicity of the, the way they present the food. Yeah. yeah. I was like, because I'm like, that's probably the thing I love the most is restaurants, right? So you get there and you're like, I was sitting down. It's with my mum. We went for a family friend's wedding just before the lockdown. And I was just like, oh, my God, we just been to like all the spots on my list. And she just thinks it's punishing how I just like drag her around to like seven restaurants in a day but we were sitting at Napier Quarter and it was like that awkward in between meal time and I was like I think we're just gonna have to get the like stretchy teller I think we're just gonna we might have to just quickly quickly try the octopus and like you should try this one and we ended up having like a pre-dinner dinner because we were going somewhere else just because you know when you're somewhere so good you just gotta try the things yeah 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 you're making I, me particularly when you're overseas you just gotta I just eat that's all we do when we yeah. go overseas is eat pretty I much. remember being in Italy and you know, we'd, we'd set the alarm to get up in the morning. And like, should we go to that? Should we go to that church? It's like, no, no, no. We'll just stay in bed until eleven and just have a pre-lunch lunch. <laughs> and just it's just about food. Like it's, you learn so much about a culture. And remember uh, when you and I were travelling, we had this rule that like, if it was still going to be there in ten years, we wouldn't go. So we'd like walk past Buckingham Palace and be like. Nah, yeah. <laughs> just, go, just go somewhere with like delicious food. Millie tries to mock me, but I'm kind of proud of it. I lived in Paris and I've never been to La Louvre. So, you know, it's going to be there. It's not going away. Yeah, 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 true. It's pretty traumatising as well with the Mona Lisa crowd. Yeah, I was when, when, when I sold Crumb, um, it coincided with like a, a boys' trip overseas. I hadn't, been, I hadn't even been on a long-distance flight at that point in time, so... 
we went over to Europe and I had just made this huge like every every city we went to I had all these cafes that yeah. I'd been like following on the gram and stuff and so I just had the itinerary and took all the boys got the best coffees and so good so much bloody hard fun. to find a good coffee in Europe though yeah, so, yeah, was, I, thought, yeah. I thought Italy was the home of coffee but that was Terrible. Quite possibly the worst. Yeah, and if you drink black coffee, it's all right, but there's nothing. Oh, you had, to, not you had to transfer to black coffee. I yeah. watched people uh, at the coffee machine not even press uh, the coffee in the in the handle, just like grind it and just slap it up there. Yeah, well, one of one of the like bakeries we went to, um, I can't remember where we were, somewhere in the Cinque Terre, was just like running a Nespresso machine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you know what? It's so funny. Last I was month, like, that actually could be all good. Nespresso. You know, it's like yes. our um, tragic version of Pillow Talk. Last night we were talking about like what's the best pizza and the worst pizza you've ever had. And I was saying I like pizza that's got seafood on it, like prawn. I really love, I mentioned the... Um, Tour tour one at Lillian. I was going to say, Lillian's got to get a mention here. And David goes, Do you know what the worst fucking pizza I've ever had in my life was? And I was like, What? And he goes, Remember when we went to the Cinque Terre that day and I ordered it and it was like, (laughs) It was bullshit, man. (laughs) This is like just before we went to sleep last night. I I was real gutted with the Cinque Terre. It was a beautiful place. We did it all in one day and I thought that. Um, so we stopped for a drink and a swim in each place, but the yeah. food was just like not even worth touching. Nah, I think that's because it's so touristy that mm. they sort of cater to perhaps that American crowd. Well, yeah, like every menu is the same. It's all lemonade. Yeah, you got to get in the back streets. And my worst pizza of all time story actually involves Lillian as well. Oh. Millie, I I share um, location services with my wife and um, I saw she was in the area at Lillian and was coming home and bringing me dinner home. I was like, get get Lillian pizzas to take away, they'll be perfect. She's like, okay, I'll get you Lillian and she showed up with cells. And it was that expectation versus what was delivered and it was like, I don't know if it was a prank or what, but I've, I've... I've never been so close we to might just walking, her just walking out. No, I, I think she'd already left. I think there was like this delay. I in... don't vibe sales pizza. No, that's what I mean. It was like the yeah. most disappointing pizza Some people pizza really love life. it though. I've, I've, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that I'm like not a, I'm not a food snob at all. So I, yeah. I do like sales, but I'm only like a new. Time new, and a place. Yeah. Sales. New recruit because I've been, I, I'm all about the wood fight, but. I thought you were going to be like, normally a Domino's man. Yeah, normally, normally a pizza <laughs> normally hut Normally a $5 man, yeah. Domino's yeah. man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm dangerously pizza pizza hut. into a $5 large uh, pizza hut pizza at like one in the morning, but that's, uh, you know, doesn't happen often these days. I, I occasionally find like a pizza hut or, no, not Domino's, I think it is pizza hut box like in the recycling, like David's like a naughty child I think when Domino's I'm not there. Is, you can't say Domino's, That's got, that has to be the bottom of the pile. Is it just terrible? I don't know, should we be? I don't know, I haven't, had, we, I haven't had it. Do we know yeah. anyone from Domino's? Do we want to nah. not go there? No, I think we can talk about how bad Domino's pizza is for sure. Do you remember the days when it was like all these pizza chains like fighting each other Eagle and, Boys like, <laughs> Eagle Boys and Pizza Haven and Pizza Hut like Eagle it was this boys. weird what moment Eagle Boys Eagle Boys was good in Sydney Airport when you were on your way home to New Zealand really hungover <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of summer I remember being like oh god at university and everyone would get like their own little could bring Eagle, Eagle boys, boys back Can you remember the number? I can't It was hot pink Oh wait 183383 That's pizza Yeah oh. 101101. Does anyone call to order pizza these days? It must be online. Oh my god, good point. Because Domino's is like the you know the one that everyone watches drive towards them. Like it's all GPS tracked, isn't it? So you're not going to get on the blower and be like, "How are you?" It's nah. funny. I could talk about pizza for so long. So. I'm not, I'm pretty pizzaed out actually. I think that's why I've sort of maybe dipped into a bit of sales because I've just had so much wood fired pizza lately. I tried a um, gluten-free pizza yesterday for the first time in my life. Oh, yeah. At, um, and I think that what they've done is really good. Prego have only done... I was going to say, was it Prego? They've only yeah. done I a gluten-free that... option that's good. Like, they otherwise they wouldn't do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. And the waiter, like, went on about how good it was. Was it the LSL Seashell? No, the um, Mayale, the pork and fennel sausage one. Oh, yeah. It's got, like, a white base. Absolutely delicious. It was, like, spongy and it was great. I reckon the LSL seizure, I hope mm. I'm saying that right. Yeah. It took me about a year to learn how to say it. But delicious. I reckon it's well, delicious. one of the best pizzas in town, of course, behind yeah. Lillian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. Do you get a chance to stay on the floor and work um, in the restaurant itself? Because I know, you know, people, you know, my wife, for example, was incredible florist. Like the florist she runs is is fantastic. But then there's all the um, accounting, marketing, you know, operations. that takes up so much of her time that she gets to be there on the tools less and less and less. Like, are you still there on the floor? Are you there designing menus? Um, definitely still there on the floor. Um, so I was at Lillian last night and there, there again tonight. Um, and then I do, at the moment, I do one at Honeybones a week, which is on Sundays. Uh, but it, it is getting more and more difficult because, as you said, there's all the, the mm-hmm. other side of the business, which, you know, quite often people don't see. Um, and, then, and that's just becoming more. Like, now you need oh, marketing. Now we've got seven different bits of software to deal with. It's like hospitality used to have a 20% margin, and then, like, all of that stuff's just being taken out of it. So yeah, you can't well, hire do, someone to do it. We just do, like, we don't we don't pay for any marketing. We just do Instagram and yeah. word of mouth and... You know, we hope that that sort of does the trick for us. And if it gets to a point where it doesn't, then we may have to look at that side of things. But I mean, like the admin, there is definitely a lot of admin involved. And it's like the accounting and admin side is not really in my forte. What about the people um, management admin? Like, I reckon in the Mm. year that we've had, that's been, for me, particularly time-consuming. Yeah, I mean, like everything is time-consuming. That's the thing, like, you know, the, the bills side of things more time consuming than you'd imagine and I think the thing that happens with me is because there's three of them I'll I'll start trying to work on one and allocate some time to one but then I'll slowly move to like someone will message me Do you have an office? Uh, well we've got an office above Lillian and there's an office above um, Hotel Ponsonby but right. I tend to just do it from home Yeah. Um, because you know my, my partner's got an office space that she goes to so I've kind of got the house to myself and um, we don't have any food in the house, so I can't really get yeah. distracted. That's yeah. the not, only thing that would distract me. have another pizza. But um, I, I find it hard because I just constantly, like, almost chasing my tail a little bit yeah. with, with the admin side of things. And you try and focus on one, and then you'll get a message from, you know, one of the, the managers or You're one of the other You're just putting out fires the whole time, aren't you? It's really... Yeah. I think I it's think, hard um, to not I have think it's... I'm starting to the get there where I'm structuring it a little better, where I'm sort of not the first point of contact I think that's what I've learned I've mm. had to do mm. with um, you know when it was just honey bones that was fine and then um, you know I was, I was doing the fit out at Lillian which was like super time consuming because mm. um, I was handling the whole fit out there and um, so I kind of had to step away from honey bones a little bit and then um, do you project manage your fit out so you don't have a construction company do it um, we like, do We've you got engage build... the tradies yourself? No, no, no. So we would just have uh, the builder would get all the subbies in. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, uh, you know, I worked very closely with control space on both designs. Yeah. What's so, control space? Um, so they do... Uh, interior architects. Interior, yeah, interior architects. Um, Sam and, Griffin? Yeah, Sam Griffin. Yeah. Chris Stevens. So um, I met them when we did Lillian. And just won a bunch of awards. Yeah, 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 won a bunch of awards. So yeah, I sort of took Sam through the space and was like, "This is, this is the idea that I've got, and this is what I want to do." And uh, I talked to a couple of interior designers, and you know, some of them kind of like took the idea and ran with it to like yeah. another direction. I was like, I was quite sure about what I wanted. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're like, That's you know, not like what down to you know, pretty much like the, the finite details. So I was kind of just wanting to work with someone that like liked the idea that I was putting forward and wanted to work with it and help um, create that and add, yeah. add bits and bobs where they could. It's beautiful, they They've done such mm. a good job on both spaces. Yeah, They're, and I mean, like, they obviously, you know, took the idea and, and introduced some amazing, you know, concepts to it. But in terms of, like, choosing all the materials and the finishes, like, you know, it's pretty much very heavily involved in that. Um, yeah, I mean, so we don't fit out at Fatima's yeah. at the moment, and I've had like three messages since we've been sitting here. It's yeah, like, I just... want to reckon the fit outside. I was saying at Hotel Ponsonby, I was like, mm, this is this is the hard part over. Yeah. And then December hit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus, lol. <laughs> we needed that break, eh? We needed that break to Because it was really busy, eh? It was so busy. I, you know, we. it's interesting when you first open, because you, you obviously got a higher staff. Um, you never know how busy you're going to mm. be, so it's always a bit of a, a lottery. But we tend to try and be overstaffed because we think, you know, a really important part of hospitality is the service, and that's sort of what's get people coming back. And 
you know, we wanted to introduce Kiwis to a new style of pub. So, you know, great service and mm. friendly service was a big part of that. Um, but Jesus Christ, we were bloody, we were absolutely rammed. It was rammed, heaving eh? the night I was like I... walking around for the last week, just like telling all the staff, you've got a couple of weeks, couple of weeks off. It's coming. coming. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. It's coming. Don't leave us. I, I was there, um, you know, on that last, in that last week before Christmas in the evening. And I reckon I probably saw everyone I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just, I could not. I had to, I was sitting with like the Fatima store managers. It was like our Christmas dinner for them. And I had to face the wall because it was like. I every, thought that was odd. Every man and his dog <laughs> are like in there. Yeah, it was hectic. No, that's really was, cool. That was good. good. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it was pretty amazing, really. And like we had, we had sort of people coming in four or five times a week, like all ages. Mm. So that was pretty special. I think it's quite cool that the, um, you know, the younger generations are starting to drink less. It's the boomers that are accustomed to having yeah. a beer at five o'clock every day if they want one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, it's so, so my to target get that market, crowd. I've just yeah, just ruled out the young, the young bucks. They're not going to bring any cash. So yeah. It's no, I was actually found that out because it was well, probably about five years ago. Um, we, me and me and a couple of mates were bouncing um, one of our mates' younger brothers' like 18th birthday party, and they all um, they all rolled. Yeah, it's pretty classy. <laughs> <laughs> couple of people got through the gates, but um, they all rolled up in like shorts and a backpack, and we're like, "Oh, what's in the backpack?" And it was just like a jumper or something. And, and like none of them were drinking. Like that, we were we were having a yarn to them. Because I, and it's not cool to be smashed, but you know, no, but we, we've all been right, like, like spray cans yeah. and bombs. My theory is that um, we just missed mass social media during our heavy young binge. Yeah, I mean, like, if I wouldn't want social media to be around, all the cameras around. The, the way and, I behaved way at spread. 16, like, it's unacceptable. So. It, w- it, w- it would not be okay for that to be on the internet. No. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it. I and think it just there's stays also there been as well, eh? Like, I wouldn't want to be in the old. I, I think I just missed the boat in that. It would have been, yeah. It would have been really year. close. Like I remember, we it nearly was our second year uni. That we nearly missed the plane um, out of Dunedin because Sophie was like, just started Facebook, and she was like, "All oh, these people are making me their friend," and really? like you weren't you weren't leaving the flat because you were like so into this thing called Facebook. Oh wow, yeah, um, I remember that being our second year when it came out. What's well, Facebook was like 2003 or something, wasn't it? No, 2005? I think six. when we chose to finally Oh, get when on. we got onto it. Someone started was... a fake profile for me before I actually got on it. Oh, there the was fake a, profile. There was a good, Simon right? Day floating around before I ever... Do people still do that? Not sure. Was it just someone else called Simon Day? Catfishing. It was Holly Renwick who started a fake profile for me. Oh. A friend just pranked me. Nice. Yeah, solid. We used to do that as well. It's, it's a good laugh. <laughs> Without foresight or vision, the people will be lost. Kia ora koutou, I'm Stacey Morrison. Join me for Conversations That Count, Ngā Kōrero Whaitake, a new series brought to you by Massey University and the spin-off. I'll be chatting to academics, activists and industry leaders to turn a unique lens on the issues impacting Aotearoa and Te Ao From structural equality to liberalising drug policy, implications for our mokupuna and more, we'll bring you thought-provoking kōrero about the things that count for all of us. New episodes will be available each month, so subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so pumped on um, the after work drink you know how you kind of like draw summer out we live at the top of sentinel road and the mm. number of people that are just going to fishmouth taking it down to the beach with like togs and towels on it's like the perfect time of year i reckon when you return to work but you can be a little bit in denial for a bit yeah yeah i think so, that sort of all through january isn't it yeah so hopefully you get heaps of afternoon drinkers yeah yeah no it's been been pretty good this side of the year it um, is a really good time of year it's like I one of my like, favorite eating and drinking i think i kind of came back and i was like should, should I sort of pump the brakes and try to get back into a bit of a routine? And then I kind of just came to the conclusion. I was like, well, February. You've got like 11 other months. Well, maybe not. 10, nine months yeah. to do that. So it's like, let's just enjoy summer. Yeah. So yeah, just, just continued on drinking. Yeah. Have one this morning. Are we cracking open this Chardonnay? Or? Yeah. I'm keen. What is <laughs> it? It's a gift for you to drink in your own oh, time. Yeah, but we- um, 
I'd have a. I'm about to go uh, get my children vaccinated, so um, having something to ease that pain will be good. Oh yeah. Um. So just just drinking more lighthouse wine if anyone is uh, interested in what we've got. You are absolutely drinking your way through it. I don't think we've tried this Chardonnay, have we? No, we had the save last time. But it was, is it barrel aged? I'll bring up my notes. Um, but this is low intervention again. Spend some time on the lees. Um, Hugo, how do you feel about natural wine versus traditionally made wine? Uh, I think there's a place for both. Yeah. I think if you've been into um, you know, Lillian or Hotel Ponsonby, you can tell that we're definitely not going down the 100% natural yeah. side of things. And um, I think that's just well, a lot to do with our clientele. I think it's also really problematic to like swing with all the trends. You know, like go fully into natural wine and then, you know, that might not be on trend soon and then what are they going to do go completely the other way I think that mm. even building your own lifestyle around doing one thing all the time it's like why would you do that you're just limiting your options yeah I mean I'm all for the organic yeah. side of things um, but personally I don't go out seeking natural wine myself mm. um, and you know certainly if, if every customer that walked through the door was demanding natural wine then we, we would go that way But do you have a couple on the list at Lillian yeah, we do. We do. And we've had, you know, at varying stages, we've had four or five. Do they um, sell lots? Uh, they, they sell all right. Um, but there's no we way in we, we did find we got a little bit of, of wastage from them. Because, yeah. should, you know, they're not, um, they're probably a little bit, uh, you know, the, the, the price for them is a little bit higher. And they're a bit funkier than, and a little bit less stable, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In terms of opening a bottle. So it's difficult to have them by the glass and then people aren't always yeah. willing to commit by the bottle if they haven't tried it before. And um, How, I have a question for you that I was wondering the other day. How are restaurants responding to the young crowd that don't drink wine or beer? Like, are you just going to start putting pals on the menu soon? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? I don't know um, if I want, I love pals, huge fan, but I don't know if I'd ever want a pals at a restaurant or a bar. No, definitely not. I don't think. I don't think restaurants or bars should sell RTDs. I mean, that's their job to mix the drink, surely, mm. and that's probably <laughs> where, they should where the, the margin is. So, I mean, we had be, we had been approached by an RTD company before mm. to do something with Lily, and, and you know, I was pretty straight up. I was like, well, if we can't mix a vodka soda, then yeah, what are we here for? Oh, I think um, those those that crowd's generally drinking cocktails, which is yeah, true fun by actually. Us, so. We the do, we do, we do. Both both spots are doing doing a lot of cocktails. Like I think our coconut margaritas, um, the biggest seller in Hotel Ponsonby, but above anything. It's buzzy, isn't followed it? Followed by fries. Really, mm. buzzy. Yeah. And what's selling the most out of the food? Fries. Apart from that. <laughs> uh, oh, God, I'd have to. I'd it's have to interesting, find that one isn't out. it? I, could, like, I mean, I could make it up, but I'd be like, I reckon it'd be the reeds. Yeah. The fish oh, reeds. Yeah, yeah, they, that's. Going yeah. pretty well. That's the focaccia right. yeah. is so good. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. So I, I get that every time I'm in there. I, I yeah. just can't get past it. I really like your. What's the margarita at? Is it Blood Orange at Lily? Blood Orange. Yeah, yeah that's, that's coming off today. Delicious. Oh, maybe I'll pop in for the last hurrah. Yeah, we'll come in tonight. <laughs> over there. Uh, yeah, I think that's. We're changing that to a grapefruit margarita today. Got to keep yeah. margarita. I think margarita is just like the the drink people are drinking. Some yeah. any, any variant of a margarita tends to. I think you just have to have it on your list. Well, as part of this very boring no gluten experiment that I've been doing. I was also advised to um, stay away from histamine, which is obviously really high in anything fermented. So it's like wine, beer, kombucha. I'm a big wine drinker. So I was like, this is pretty challenging. So David's been laughing at me because we like go to people's houses and I just roll up with all the ingredients for Negroni. It's like <laughs> such an aggressive <laughs> arrival at a dinner party. That's really taking... I rate that though. I, got, I reckon Negroni, so Negroni's got to be the best trick on the planet. The saffron Negroni, properly, yeah. saffron yeah. Negroni at uh, Gamezi Street is incredible. Oh, I've never had oh, it. I'll have to try that. Here we go. On the yeah. list. But um, that really taking your food handbag to the, to the next level. Sophie always travels with a packet of Molden sea salt in her bag. Oh, no, but it's it, a travel thing. Like it was, it, it was made for travelling. Oh, those little mini ones. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I've no, actually no, taken now travelling with Negroni level. in your bag. Like salt, sea salt is important. I but think. do you know, like 
so I always go to Sabato and do like a big food order for the summer. Because if you think about it, you don't eat out of your home for two weeks if you're away. So anyway, I always go do a big order, buy a bunch of stuff for Christmas, gifts for people, whatever. But I always top up on like, you know, good vinegars, salts, that kind of thing. So last year we were in Hawke's Bay and Mimi had done the same thing. So we rock up and we've got like two five litre tins of extra virgin olive oil, two mega form vinegars. Um, and it did us really well. We travelled around for three weeks and then this year, the same thing. We went up to Matapuri with the big squad and I took what I call my travelling pantry and every single meal you use something. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like... A, I can see you with like Louis Vuitton luggage that you can sort of st- open out standing up and it's just like a pantry. Suit, a suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Scott I Campari, don't think you see me with Louis Vuitton luggage. Like. Maybe like cheetah luggage or something. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Sophie, you know, hospitality gets you rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's spending too much on extra virgin olive oil and vinegar. and Negronis. Well, Simon and I were speaking about that. That's something that I thought I might do a little series at the village, like a back-to-basics kind of thing. Because the things that you notice when you're travelling is that people, lots of people don't know how to cook, but also people don't know how to do things like make a great salad dressing. Oh, yeah, I'd say very few. You know, so like... If someone could come and learn three wicked salad dressings, like you are so much better to have a great bottle of vinegar and a great bottle of oil in your I, pantry than you I are. always remember um, people say, oh, you know, like, where, where did you sort of get a passion for cooking or where did you learn to cook? And I said, oh, they kind of just learnt naturally through mum. Yeah. My mum told me that the realize. best way to meet women was to be able to cook, and that's oh, where so I you started. Think, you yeah. went pretty hard in the kitchen early on. <laughs> chopping. Yeah. But there was a trick. It was but like, the chop thing these carrots I noticed, and you like, meet a girl. Back, is like, I just thought mum, you know, she's, she's an amazing cook. Yeah. And um, I just thought it was kind of normal, but yeah. it was when I'd go to, like, a mate's house, and there would be, like, a cos salad with, like, tomatoes and stuff, and then just, like, no dressing. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Well, like, so another thing I'm borderline embarrassing myself but another thing I always travel with is like lemon squeezer a sharp knife a microplane I'm obsessed with <laughs> Shit, my you're new not packing light, eh? <laughs> no, I'm obsessed with my new garlic press but um I think that a stick mix is like the key like in summertime you can make salsa verde it takes 30 seconds it makes your barbecue meat like Kiwis just love putting a piece of beef on the barbecue and they're like, ta-da! Like, is that dinner? Like, at least put, you know, a herby sauce on the meat and then maybe put some herbs through the salad so it feels like it's supposed to be together. But if you make a great salsa verde as well, you can dress a steak, a fish, you can stir it through an omelette mix. Like, it's so Keep it in the fridge for a week, two weeks. And also what I think is really interesting is how, you know, lots of people have the basic skills to be able to follow a recipe. But then you end up with like leftovers of bits and pieces that, you know, a sesame oil might sit in the fridge for months and never get used, or the other half of a cauliflower, you know, yeah. just what do I do with it now? And I'm I think there's a there's a real art in knowing what to do with some leftovers. I just think it would be so cool. Like everything else is so on demand. I was thinking about creating a Facebook group where you post what fresh ingredients you've got that you need to get rid of. And then me, my team, anyone that wants to can post underneath it what you should cook. Because you just don't know what you don't know. Like, mm. to me, it's so straightforward to look in the fridge and be like, that looks like a Moroccan carrot salad. Or that looks like a Greek Mediterranean kind of thing. But if you've just got these things, like, I just watch people just huffing food out. Yeah. And they, we, spend, yeah. they spend twice as much money on food at the Yeah, we try and do like do. a, like a, because yeah, we're one of those... Um, couples that go to the supermarket like, every day well like every day that yeah. we're cooking like, quite often I'm working at night so those will yeah, do their yeah. own thing um, maybe we'll go out one night a week um, so we, but we try and eat at home maybe two or three nights a week yeah and, like the third one we'll try and just do a bit of a have a look and see what's there and then yeah. buy quite minimally at the supermarket maybe I, like get, I get off and on it quite often like, I mean like it is hard this day and age because there's so many recipes from all sorts of um, great yeah. chefs readily available that you kind of always want to do something that looks exquisite. Yeah. Um, but quite but often you, you can just chuck anything together and, and it kind of still just tastes good. And if you've got the pantry staples, like if you've got a really good oil, a really good vinegar, you've got herbs in the garden, like mm. you're honestly 80% of the way there, throw a handful of rice into something or a handful of couscous and it's like, you know, you really can just use anything. And I think that that's 
potentially um, I didn't realise what a privilege it is to know that. A, because my mum cooked too. B, because I went to cooking school. But it's like an interest of mine and my husband is like allergic to throwing anything out. So I have to get like, you know, look at something and be like, how can we use that? See, and we've, from yeah. the army as well. <laughs> He's from Hamilton. He's from Hamilton. That's the... But we've kind of ended up with a fridge full of condiments. But it's like you could... You know, there's you could just use if you had one vegetable, you could make a wicked meal out of it. Mm. So Sophie's starting a cooking school this year. What are you gonna do this year? Yeah. I'm not starting a cooking. No, school. I mean a, how to use the basics. That's oh. based on your last bent. Mm. Uh, What's year, next? Ooh, not too sure, to be honest. I think um, take a load off, mate. Yeah, maybe take a load off. And I suppose after last year, um, it's kind of uh, having to think about it over the break. Perhaps diversifying, maybe look at doing something outside of hospital. But, I don't know, I'll see. Usually it's just, well, you know, if an opportunity arises, then I'll have a look at it. But To the extent that this isn't um, prying, what, how, or if people are wanting to start their own business, mm-hmm. what's your experience with lending, with startup? Do you borrow from family and friends? Do you go to the bank? Do you... Uh, so... I saved for Crumb. Crumb cost me $15,000 to open. So yeah, nice. I saved that working at Depot. That's pretty fucking uh, cool, though. That's like what to, I, to bootstrap my, it is, my is amazing. My little story of saving is that instead of catching the bus for, I think it was like a dollar ten or something back then, because I lived in Crummer Road, which yeah. is great. Like, I lived across the road from Crumb, yeah. so, which was our Ricky store at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'd walk home at like 2 in the morning after a shift at Fed Deli or, or um, Depot instead of busing. And that's how like Saving that's how much money. of a squid I was. Yeah, good now on I'm, you. Now I'm just quite loose, but yeah, <laughs> you got to go through those times. But oh, yeah, definitely. essentially I did that, and then um, luckily enough, someone came along that um, was interested in crumb. Yeah. So managed to make enough money there to then start Honeybones. But we, by the time Honeybones was open, we built all of that ourselves, did all the cabinetry, and yeah. had a couple of mates. Like we were we were on the drop store at two a.m. in the morning on like a Friday night. Yeah, I remember. I don't that. even know how. I remember Henry I Hewitt know, talking about it. Yeah, like I don't even know how we got. We had mates roll up in their suits, and they'd have like sawdust all over them five minutes later. And there was there was a bottle down the road, and uh, this a road is exactly shop, so. the story of the first bit on <laughs> so a wire as well. So we did it all ourselves. So it was it was a bit of a uh, a bit of a bitch to um. To do actually, because all the it's old buildings, all the walls are out, and you know we had yeah. like the great ideas with seeing a menu board in there. Yeah. So we've you know like that wall is like a curve. So we've done all <laughs> these like beautiful pieces of timber for the menu board, and then we had to stick it up, and they were just like popping off the wall. Yeah, yeah. And so there was one point there was like all these ladders and like weights leaning against the wall to hold the glue, yeah, yeah, glue yeah. on, and like it's yeah, lasted we've... well though. It's a really good quality fit out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We I mean like at the time we thought we were, we were like this is the best fit out ever. Like. Standing Good. outside having a dart at like two AM. Yes. I don't know how oh I got. I don't exactly know how I got. Like we, we did, all, did all the painting and like all of the boys were there on like Saturday nights. I don't. I mean, they must have not had much on. You would have been they, shouting booze. So. Yes, so yeah. we were shouting the booze. And, but that, yeah, I, I love that. It's a good time. Bringing the community in and just turning something around that you're so proud of is, is such a good way to start a venture like that. I'm just yeah. having so yeah. many people come to me and be like, I want to do something, but like. The bank's saying... Oh, yeah, I was to supposed everyone. to get back to your initial question. Well, I haven't had to go to the bank. I did. There was one point where I did ask the bank, who I had a fairly good relationship with, um, about Lillian. And, and the guy that I you know knew quite well pretty much just laughed at me. So, In that yeah. sense, I think very hard to find funding. Like, honey, yeah. like at that point in time, Honeybones um, was probably sort of two and a half years old. So, like, you know, reasonably good. Good trading history. Yeah, good trading history. I mean, it's always been profitable. So... Cool. Um, you know, I thought, you know, shit, I don't really know how other people get money, but we, we essentially had to go to a, uh, a friend who, you know, we, we all put in a bit of our own money. Um, some of the guys got uh, loans from, you know, Willie and, and Otis got loans from God knows where. But, um, it's buzzy because money's so cheap at the moment, but it's still really still Pretty hard. difficult hard to, to get, get for business on. though, yeah. eh? Like, you, yeah, you kind of have to have... Some form of collateral behind you, Which but seems even then it was contradictory um, to what the government's trying to achieve. But mm. um, you know, it's a, it's a real difficult moment. Like for people working in hospitality, when you see and hear about um, these new strains arriving at the border, do you sort of get paranoid because, oh, yeah. like, a level three doesn't feel impossible again at this point? Oh no, no. I mean, like anything can happen. I, I mean, I just try and stay optimistic, really. And that's what I had to do when I signed the lease at, at Hotel Ponsonby. Is just, mm. 
hope that you, you know well essentially I go at some point in time it'll it will be a distant memory hopefully yeah uh, definitely hearing about I actually you know for the first half of last year I sort of glued to that TV at one o'clock every day but I don't really take too much notice of it now I think like if you read every headline now it's a bit of clickbait in there so and what will be will be it's, yeah it's... I mean there's not much we can do I, I certainly am all for like being as, as strict as we can be at the border because there's just so much to lose for us yeah. Um, that are you know inside the country, so I'm I'm definitely all about taking as much precautions as as we can. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the You're day, like it's pretty, I can see how it could slip in. Like you know, we're all going about living our day to day lives. And, you know, not many people are wearing masks anymore. Um, you know, we've, everyone's pretty mm. blase. Whereas like those, the people working on the border have to be uh, just as as onto it and and disciplined as they were. In day one, you know, it's it's pretty much a year down the track. You can, see, you can see how, like, one day you could slip up and touch a yeah. surface and not wash your Mad hands props like. to those people who are still yeah, doing that really, yeah, really hard job, eh? Difficult, yeah. Big time. Cause Especially we like after last it. summer or this summer, like, it just mm. felt so good. Well, there was that chat that we were going to go into lockdown on, like, December the 24th or love something. It. Yeah, love <laughs> it. The conspiracy theorist. I didn't hear that. It went was getting texts. Working in the media, you always yeah. get like, bro, is this going to go down? Oh, my God. I've, to be honest, I have no idea, and my guess would be you've been led astray. But <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. But let's here's to hoping that 2021 looks very different to 2020. Um, we're very lucky in New Zealand, and mm. I, you know, I, I look forward to having some more beers at Hotel Ponsonby rather than having way too much wine at home, uh, stressing out about <laughs> a pandemic. Were you, yeah. one, were you one of the people that were drinking... Lots and lockdown one. Five PM became pretty important to me. Gin and tonic every day, five PM. Five, okay, yeah, that's that's late in the piece. Yeah, I was working, but you know, there was, and I had a three-month-old baby, which is actually quite dreamy because they sleep a lot, and my mum was with us, so like help. So we had a pretty good time, but five PM was like we were we were drinking quite a bit in my flat. We 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 made sure that Saturday nights felt like a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. What was it called? I can't even remember the name of the app. Oh, the house party. House party. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, did, we did a few of those. But yeah, um, I, got, I got back to work when we, we went back into level three and we were doing the takeaways at Lily and I was like, Phew, how much did you guys drink? Yeah. And like pretty much all of the stuff were like, I didn't actually drink at all. Well, because... And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we were Everyone drinking these consistently, but, but not as much as you would socialising. But it's different if you're in a flat. So like, remember Millie and Ollie were with Bolte and Clara and they were just like... Having cocktails, and dinner super parties. late night. Oh yeah, like, I think we were jealous. we were on one of those. Was it house party? Yeah, I think Clara just did a, a, a one drag full ciggy in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Delina. they were going for it. Also. Well, long may uh, house party be an unused app on my phone. Yeah, really appreciate you coming in, Hugo. Oh, thanks um, so much. For yeah, me. thanks, Hugo. Yeah, thanks for having Such me, guys. Fun. And um, don't eat Domino's. Eat Lillian. Yeah. Nothing against Domino's, by the way. I'm sure they're a great operation. I'll, I'll wear that burden if the PR team <laughs> wants to get in touch. <laughs> Should we just cut that from the script? Nah. <laughs> it's important, you know, to provide constructive criticism on totally. what's I mean, I haven't had it in a while, so I'm probably... I love I've it. never eaten it, so my opinion's actually completely oh, okay. uninformed. That's so pretty much on, on We you will talk to you Sorry. soon. Alice will be back. I didn't acknowledge that Alice wasn't even here. Sorry, Alice. We miss you, Alice. Did we miss you, though? She's having a wonderful holiday, so she's um, a lot luckier than us. Bye! Kakite! See ya. Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.